All right, welcome back to the Data842 podcast. My name is Kid Okada. Um, today I'll be, I'll be leading the stream. Um, we have Captain Voto here. Um, and would you like to introduce yourself to the attachment? Yeah, uh, my name is Alexis Voto. I graduated here in December of 2014. Uh, proud member of Data842, spent my four and a half years as a cadet and then went off into Big Blue shortly thereafter as a post support officer. Active duty now? Yeah. Sweet. Love it. Well, we're all looking forward to. Uh, hang in there. It's worth, it's worth <laughs> Almost the wait, there. I promise. I think the, the senior class right now has around 70 days left till their commission. Oh, my goodness. So it's coming up really quick. Yeah, super that, that must be them. super exciting right. for, for everybody out there. Yep. We're, we're getting there yeah. slowly but surely. Um, so the first question we have for you was, uh, what was your favorite part about being a cadet at Dead 842? Bottom line, I think the community. Um, I still keep in contact with a lot of people that mm -hmm. I graduated with or graduated a little before me. And, you know, I think that this detachment as a whole did a really good job kind of giving me a foundational social network. So mm -hmm. that way I could keep in contact with people that I'm going through this rough patch. Right. Help SOS. I need help. And um, having people that, you know, we went through the same struggles. We were a very close, close group of uh, people. So, you know, I know my best friend, Tia, she's a maintenance officer now. But Tia Robles, she's out doing amazing things in Big Blue right now. Sweet. And she and I... She's my sister from another mister. Like right. we are attached at the hip. We like the running joke um, in our detachment is we were inseparable. Like whatever she was doing, I was doing, and vice versa. So I still connect and keep in contact with with her. And uh, it's like not a day has changed. Yeah. Like we've been. I haven't seen her in over two years, but we still keep in comms. And um, had it not been for Dead Eight Four Two, you know, I wouldn't have had. I wouldn't have a lot of that lifelong. Because right, you met her here. Met her here. Mm -hmm. So it's one of those relationships where it's like you see her again and it's like not a day was missed in between. Not a day was missed. That's awesome. And, and yeah, and I, it, that's, that was the best part about yeah. it. And it's not just her. I think about, you know, I was in Arnold Air Society mm -hmm. too. Um, you know, we've got, we had some cadre, Jen Flores, who's my Air Force mom, mm -hmm. as I call her. But um, still main, remain in contact with her. I still remain in contact with my little. I don't know if y'all do the big little We do. Program. We still do, yeah. So my little... Um, Matt Smith, him and I, I went to his wedding. I was one of his uh, oh, awesome. grooms-women, right. I guess. But, yeah, and his wife, Liza, like, we're all still, That's like, awesome. despite him being in Japan and me being here in Texas and Tia being in Louisiana, mm -hmm. like, we all still... Still a family. Still, still family, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. I think it, it definitely mirrored... What years were you here? 2010 through 2014. Okay, so, yeah, definitely there's some connections I want to make. I think it mirrors... First off, it mirrors, like my experience with ROTC. I came in from, I graduated from Randolph High School, so just 30 minutes down the road. Um, but with my, one of my best friends, uh, Cadet Estrada right now, same thing attached at the hip. Um, he's Cadet Estrada, I'm Cadet Okada. Cadre calls us Oak Strada type oh, thing. So like inseparable almost, same thing. Um, and ROTC really brought us that much closer together because we're from the same high school. We were pretty close from there. And then here we're going through the same things like you talked about. Um, we're always, we're both math majors, just mm -hmm. like you were. Um, and so, it's that same thing. Um, but also, you said 2010 to 2014, mm -hmm. and you mentioned Colonel Suarez, right? Mm -hmm. So, okay, when I got to, I moved here to Texas in 2012 because my stepdad was working ROTC detachments. Okay. Um, and so he was stationed here to work the detachment at ETSA. So I think 
It was uh, his, so he's Master Sergeant Colburn. Do you remember yeah, him? Yeah, I do. You do? Okay, I yeah. Do. So that's my stepdad. Are you serious? Yes, ma'am. So that is like right. That's, that's the connection. That's a small world. Like, yeah. The Air Force is a small world. Right. Like, prime example. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So when we first got here, I was like running around the detachment as a little twelve-year-old, like not really knowing what's going if on. I saw you. I feel like it might have been possible. I would have locked. This is weird. Okay. Right. Sorry, it's it's take... a weird connection, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, and my first friends that I made here in Texas were Colonel Suarez's kids because her Jeshua, daughter, Donna, right, yeah. her her daughter and her sons were both they're all at Randolph. Yeah. Um, and so, like those that makes are. my heart so happy. Right. And oh, now they're goodness. now they're both up. Uh, both my stepdad and Colonel Suarez are both at the region. Yeah. Um, so they're still kind of in this in this area. Same thing with Major Beinhauer's up there. I don't know if you were here Beinhauer. when he was there. I think no. he might have came in after, yeah. but. Yeah, so a bunch of the Dead 842 like alum, if yeah. you will, or the family is like up at the region, um, and we actually just emailed them to get some of them, uh, their faces on the podcast as well. So they'll be uh, a, few, a few a few weeks down the road, they'll be in the same seat you're in right now. I it, uh, small world, like right. I'm, I'm still like dumbfounded yeah. that you were. T- I feel old, like I wish yeah. you would have said your, your age, and like oh, like those memes that you see, like 30 is like it's like. You know, millennials having a good time, and then thirty like totally like distracts right, like them from just... it. That's that's how I feel right now. Where it's like, oh, this is fun. When I was twelve. Right. Oh, <laughs> my fault. Oh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm teasing you, but that's. I, I hope um, this is this is an awesome opportunity. Yeah, so, so I think it's really cool. Yeah, um, but Jen, you know, Colonel Suarez mm-hmm. and her kiddos, like such a big part of my life right now, and it's such a blessing because when you when you're in the Air Force, you go all over the place and. Mm-hmm. You know, you get separated from your family, you know, you get separated from your childhood friends, even your ROTC friends, and then you're kind of forced into a situation where you have to kind of reestablish a network, right? Right. You have to create a new friend group, so that way you, you know, you, you take, you nurture that social mm-hmm. pillar that we talk about, right? right? You know, but um, having family scattered across the states, you make families everywhere you go. Right. I've got my Mississippi family, I've got my Maryland family, and then I've got my Texas family. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm... Jen and Tia and you know Matt, I would consider them like my family, but they're in different pockets. Right. And I'm just lucky that Jen's here in Texas because I can mm-hmm. drive up the street and you know hang we'll out with her, yeah. see her, you know, uh, have that outlet, that mom figure that I, I need a sanity check. Right. You're about she's to get right your, there. You're about to get your sanity check. <laughs> oh yeah. I'll tell you what, so but yeah, she's definitely like that. But had it not been for like I know it sounds super cheesy, but that I got that from here. Yeah. Like, sitting in this room, in this very in this classroom, room, right? Right there, with mm-hmm. Tia sitting next to me, um, a couple other awesome colleagues, like, it started here. And right. you know, I don't think, you know, right now when you're going through the motions, you don't really think long term. Right, the focus gets kind of blurred. Yeah. yeah. And then you go through your, you go through your Air Force career and you, you reminisce on a mm-hmm. lot of those experiences. And then when you get opportunities like this to go back and contribute again, it's like, know they're you know the tests were terrible you know I don't remember um, the details mm-hmm. you know the course of details I can remember like really big cliff notes of it but um, but the people and the, the people who of whom I interacted with and the relationships that I built here learning together what it, it's followed me to this day and um, you know for me that's the best thing that right that you know everything else aside like that in particular the community and the friendships and the relationships that I built here have followed me to now. And I, you know, they will continue to follow me mm-hmm. throughout my career and celebrate the successes and celebrate the failure, failing forward, as I say, like right. celebrate when the times where you fail forward and having people to bounce off of, you know, dude, I messed up. Like, how yeah. do I, 
how did you did you have something like this and um, no nah, man that's a that's a unique <laughs> that's a unique face plant but you know just dust yourself off right talk to this person or you know take care of yourself i'm here for you so. it's good to have those connections and, absolutely and it's even more awesome that one it comes full circle right oh yeah from you being a cadet to seeing maybe a 12 year old cadet okada running that, before stop, cadet okada stop <laughs> And then now you now you're back a couple years ago. Right. Stop. But to think it all started here and and, and followed you to this day and will continue, like you said, to follow you yeah. for the rest of your life is is pretty awesome. Um, I think the next thing though that that we were wondering was what was what was the most challenging part about being a cadet here at, at the detachment? Balance, right? Mm -hmm. Like I think because you have a lot of different like everybody has their own path that they're walking. You know, my situation, I was working three jobs. You know, it's funny. I worked uh, one of my one of my best friends, John. He used to work at the um, at Starbucks during him. He was mm -hmm. my boss, so I used to work with him at Starbucks. I worked with the JPL Starbucks during finals. Uh -huh. I worked with the UCC Starbucks. I bounced between the two, and it was a good time. Like it, it really helped me. Uh, like I remember there were mornings on two on Thursdays we'd wake up at five or six for PT. Mm -hmm. I'd go, go do that, I'd go to class, I'd go to lead lab, and then after lead lab, I'd take my uniform off, I'd put my Starbucks stuff on, and I'd go, go work on coaching shift. Oh, man. So, like, finding that balance, um, I'll be the first to say that's, you know, to this day, that's one of my biggest weaknesses, especially when you've got a lot of responsibilities levied on you, is balancing for me now, having a husband, mm -hmm. my home life, and my professional life. And now that, you know, with COVID conditions, everything's kind of at home now. Mm -hmm. How do you separate work from playtime? Right, the, I mean? the boundaries in between when it's like forced on you to stay there. Yeah, so looking back at my experiences as a cadet in this very hall, right? Like, I think for me, the biggest challenge that I had was balancing my responsibilities. And I think I put self care at the bottom of the totem pole because I had a lot of things right. piled up, like, ROTC responsibilities, treasurer of uh, the Arnold Air Society, you know, um, jobs within the detachment itself, my work to make a living and get in, uh, get some food on my table, mm -hmm. pay rent, and then um, uh, and then other you know family and stuff right. like that. You know, you rack and stack a lot of it, and I think for me as a cadet, the the, the hardest thing for me was learning to make sure that that self care doesn't fall all the way to the bottom of that totem pole because if you don't take care of yourself. You can't do everything else that's like right. I, I, I had to learn very quick to take that and stack it on top you know take care of yourself and everything else will kind of we'll fall in line but I think you get too wrapped up in school you get mm -hmm. too wrapped up in um, debt responsibilities and you know you have to get things done do it 110% no failure if we don't fail and um, you lose track of how how to take care of yourself you think Oh, you know, I'm doing really good. That's taking care. You know, I'm taking mm -hmm. care of myself. I'm doing really well. I'm making perfect things, and it's like, are, are you? you know? Yeah. Like <laughs> you're, you got bags under your yeah. eyes. Your hair's kind of in a fray. Like you got, your eyes are bloodshot. How much coffee have you had today? Don't ask that question. Right. Like I don't have time. <laughs> but I, I think the hardest part for me was learning to balance that. Mm -hmm. And you know, uh, I don't know if this is a right platform to do it, but any advice, like if I could give anything, is breathe. Self-care, take care of your school, take care of all your responsibilities. But first and foremost, you gotta nurture. You gotta take care of the soul, man. Mm -hmm. You gotta take care of you because if you break yourself down, it's only a matter of time before you cap out and you um, and you just have you just shut down and you can't do anything. Right. Because your body is basically saying, "Dude, we're done." 
yeah. no more. You met your limit. I'm at, yeah, yeah. I, I've hit the threshold. Anything beyond this point, you're going that night. We're going to take a stress yeah. nap. It's, we're yeah. taking a stress nap now. So. For sure. Yeah, I think that's something that a lot of us cadets can relate to. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something that I had recently, too. And, and I think I wish I would have learned that earlier in the, in the program was the whole self-care thing. We, we talk about it a lot, right? Like you have to take care of yourself and make sure that's good and, and things will follow. But you don't really learn it mm-hmm. until you go through it and you're like, okay, now I understand. Like I really do need to take care of myself. Like I can't just get up there or like sit in the, in the auditorium, right? The Lab Auditorium, listen to a briefing about like take care of yourself and then take care of your responsibilities and, and things will you know fall into place. It's, it's once you're living it and then you realize like, okay, like I fell, now I need to get back up and mm-hmm. approach it a different way. So that's, that's something that's really, really cool. I'm glad you brought that up and, and with the advice and everything. Yeah. Um, it's, and you're, I think you bring up a good point too. Like you can get a thousand briefings, mm-hmm. PowerPoint, death by PowerPoint, right? And the resources that are on those PowerPoints are great. Don't get me wrong. Right. But it's, it's fair, you have to experience it, to, to really codify that information, you know what I mean? To really, you have to, and I'm not saying, you know, break yourself to learn yeah. the lesson. Like, <laughs> right. that's not what I mean at all. But I think you bring up a really good point. Like, you, we hear about it, we hear these concepts, you know, self-care and, you know, taking care of your social pillar, your mm-hmm. fitness pillar, and all the different pillars thereof. And you're like, yeah, yeah, okay, mandatory briefing, I get mm-hmm. it. But, you know, taking the time to sit down and think about, even afterwards, like, if you're sitting there and you're just like, yeah, okay, Taking five minutes or so, it's not much than real, real time. Taking five minutes to kind of look reflectively on it, cool, yeah, it was a mandatory briefing, but what did I take from it? Right. How can I relate that to my life? Mm-hmm. How can I relate that to what I'm doing now? Put it into practice, too. I'll tell you, even even in situations where we get, you know, in the in the air, you know, on the other side of the fence when mm-hmm. active duty, we still go through PowerPoint presentations on be it sexual, you know, sexual assault things or um, suicide, suicide awareness. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Suicide awareness, um, stress, mental health, things like that. Resources, you know, the briefings and resources that we have active duty. And a lot of people are like, yeah, okay. But it's like, take the time. What resources are available to us? We have clinics. We have airmen and family readiness centers mm-hmm. that are there to help you and your families find resources for the things that you and your family need. Mm-hmm. Finding times to connect the dots. And for yourself, but not only for yourself, but for the airmen that are going to be underneath you. If you've got, you know, Airman Snuffy who is going through a divorce and has two kids under their belt, mm-hmm. you know, what resource? And you notice that their work is starting to let up, and you're, you're and you're the officer, right? Like you're the right. boss in charge, and you know your NCO is like, hey, my airman's going through some stuff. You know, I've tried, I've done everything in my avenues. Do you have anything? So, ha- like, thinking beyond the scope of your own nose. On, cool this information is useful for me in these aspects but where could it be applied to others down the line right you know what I mean so like learning that learning that balance of self-care and then I would even say for the presentations that you receive thinking beyond the scope of okay cool this is good for information for me now but where could it be applied later right, on the big the picture stuff oh yeah. yeah start thinking beyond big picture mm-hmm. like you gotta think big picture on where could where do the how far will the ripples go? Yeah, you know what I mean. But yeah. Sweet. Thank you for that. Yeah. Um, before we move on to our next topic, there's a personal question that I wanted to ask, like that still relates to this. So um, is it about when you were like 12 years old? No, 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 like, it's not. It's not. All right, we're not no. gonna go like back. <laughs> we won't go back. Here. All right, great. <laughs> um, but does it get easier? And and I don't ask this like because obviously when you become active duty and you're you're an officer, like 
doing the day-to-day like real life stuff that we've been training for it's like it, it's we hear that it's more challenging but does the does the balance get easier because right now a lot of cadets have this mindset um and myself included sometimes it's like okay when you're a cadet you have the same things you listed you have maybe we have two or three full or part-time jobs um we've got school like the upper level classes um or even just you know the regular um like freshman sophomore level classes too um you've got all of your rotc responsibilities which only stack if you're involved in clubs like arnold air or booster club or honor guard and stuff like that um but when you enter active duty it, it seems as if like those things go away and so you're just focused on your career and your job in the military so is that like are we right in thinking that or i think so i think there's release i will say because i felt it right mm-hmm. i graduated and i see uh avery wilson oh I see a couple other questions in the chat, which we can get to. I'll gladly get right, to those. But pull let, me, those up. let me tackle this. Um, I think I felt a release. So after I commissioned, um, I had I had about a – I commissioned in December. I didn't go active until September. So I had a long – Wow, almost a year? Almost a year break. And the crazy thing at the time was, you know, um, the crazy thing at the time was uh, I didn't know – when I was going to go active duty. Like, I didn't find oh, out okay. about going active duty right. until, like, the, I want to say it was August. It's like, hey, your wow. KD drop. You're going to go active duty. And but that's a month before you actually mm-hmm. – wow. So that I found out a month before I went active duty. So I had this long period, and panic set in. It was like, OMG, what am I going to do with my life mm-hmm. for the next – so I started looking at recruiters. So the, the – tra- so I found my job, went and did my thing, and that's all I focused on because then school was gone. But when I went active duty, there was a release. It was like, wow, this is, I'm a lieutenant, I'm a second lieutenant in the Air Force. Mm. Like, I did it, I made it. My uniform was like, you know, tip top shape, right. slipping the cables, like I'm, I'm ready to rock and roll and do this. And I feel that you'll feel a release, like the tension, the anxiety of, am I going to commission? Mm-hmm. Is this going to work out? When do I get to wear my uniform? When you don the uniform for the first time, it's like, yeah. You feel it. You feel it, but I will say it doesn't get easier okay. because you are going, depending on what career field you go into, because each and every each and every officer is different. Right. Every career field has a different lens to it, right? And depending on what you do, like you could you could very well go be you know a seventeen delta or seventeen x, and be in tech school for six months to a year and not have any airmen, mm-hmm. or you could be a force support officer and um, go to tech school for less than five months and then have uh, anywhere between 25 to 50 airmen underneath you. Wow. You know what I mean? But, right. you know, it doesn't get easier. I think you're going to feel a release, like this, the tension from school and the anxiety that builds up about, am I going to commission? Mm-hmm. Is, this gonna, is this crazy ride going to work out after all? You feel that release, but in place of it, a different kind of, um, a different kind of tension is there. And mm-hmm. it's, it's not so much of if, it's what. What can I do to be a good officer? That makes sense. What can I, what can I learn today? Because mm-hmm. LT, you know, I'll never forget my chief, learning time. That's what LT stands for. Uh, I like that. So what, what can I learn about leadership? What can I learn about my airmen? What, what, they, what do they do? How do they do it? Where do I fit in on the bigger picture? And how can I be plugged in without 
taking the limelight from them, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, and letting them grow in their job and um, giving, enabling them, empowering them, you know what I mean? And where do I fit in on that? And I think that that's where you should anticipate that it doesn't get easier, but I feel that the stress gets, it's a different flavor it's different. of stress. Yeah, it's, okay. it's, a, it's, a, it's manageable. It doesn't feel like doom and gloom, you know what I mean? Where right. it's like, is this, this is what I want, this mm -hmm. is where I want it. Like, it's like, cool, I made it. However, how do I succeed? How do I take care of my own? Right. Because your success is predicated on you know, what you do for the people underneath you. And I'll be the first to say that I wouldn't be where I am today had it not been for my NCOs, my airmen, the people that have pulled me aside in offices and shut the door and been like, ma'am, let's talk. Learning time. Real like, talk. Yeah. Real talk. Like, you need to, this is what I need you to do. This is what an officer is. And, you know, this is what we need from you. And having those genuine conversations and stuff like that. And, and not taking it like, how dare you insult my, I tell right. you, you know, how dare you I'm insult the my, I'm yeah. the lieutenant here. Like, sit down, like. That master sergeant has been in the Air Force for close to anywhere between 15 and 17 years. Mm -hmm. Sit your butt down listen. and listen to this person right. because they're going like Chief Moody, Heather Moody. You know, she retired, but she was one of my first like big NCO influencers. I mean, I, I adopted her dog Coda from her daughter, oh, wow. Emily. Yeah, like we still have Coda like in our family. But she was one of the first person people that came into my life and be like, I'm going to teach you what we do with an MPF and, um, and what we're going to do in military um, personnel flight. So okay. think like ID cards and right. course management and career development stuff. And you know, I'm going to teach you what we do and you're going to do fine. You know, I, you, I got your back. And same with like Sergeant Krista um, Knauss. Like she was, she was another one of my, she's my MPF superintendent. Like mm -hmm. she was like, you're going to learn. And it's going to be growing pains, but and but you're going to learn and you're going to do well. But as long as you're willing to receive it, right? So different stressors, different angles. How do I take care of my airmen and what can I learn? I think it's going to okay. be what that stress transition is. Right. Through. So not easier, but different. Very much so. Not easier, but I don't want to spook the crowd and be like, it's going to get harder. <laughs> right, right, right. Like it's, it's not. Worth it's it, not, though. It's not like that at all. Right. Like, it's, 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 it doesn't get easier, but... And it's in a way it's uniquely manageable. Like Interesting. you feel stimulated. Like you feel like have you as a math major, like mm -hmm. you ever when you started picking up calculus for the first time, you're like, dude, I'm getting this. Yes. This makes sense. Yep. The test is still hard, <laughs> but I understand the methodologies oh, yeah. and how to get there. It's the same mindset. Okay. You know, once you get the wheels rolling, like it's gonna be like, Okay, cool. You know, monkey wrench diverted like right. I, I got this like it's it's way easier to to juggle that aspect in my opinion so. awesome awesome thank you for that yeah no worries. really wanted to hear that um but yeah like you said we'll get to some of these questions sure. um the first one what's a day in the life of a force support officer i think that comes we have an entire section dedicated to that if i read that correctly uh, yeah yes we do three. so yeah we can wait for that one j4738 uh i appreciate the question but it looks like cadet okada has me in that has a nice block to that, which I'll talk to. And then Avery Wilson, what do you feel you, I, I'm terrible at reading out loud, I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's okay, uh, what do you, I'm a math major in a, yeah, it's, it's tech, <laughs> tech brain, bear with me. What do you feel you weren't prepared for in active duty after graduating commissioning that you, that you think we should know now? 
Oh boy. It's a packed question. That is a pack. Yeah, that's you know we say a loaded question, right? But um, in a good sense, I mm-hmm. think it's loaded with a lot of good. It prepares me to give some um, in, like personal insight on that. So first, great question. Um, for me, what did I? What do I think you should know that I wasn't prepared for when I commissioned? Um, I feel that the biggest thing that you should brace yourselves for is being, it's gonna sound super cheesy, right? But you know, they say flexibility is the key to air power. Mm-hmm. All the time. Remain flexible. You know, we, we have expectations. You go, you go in, when I go in, I'm like punctual. Like, I'm gonna be there on this time, I'm gonna get this done, I'm gonna do this. And I think punctuality is great in, depending on the situation, but um, have your expectations high but get a lay for how the land already is before you start stomping on other people's grounds and stuff you know what i mean get a feel for the culture of the environment that you're going into because i went in guns a blazing i want to learn i'm ready to do this Uh let's go let's go and my you know chief moody was like you know and mike and mike fix love him to death uh but mike fix called me an unguided missile like you've got a lot of (laughs) you've got a lot of oomph but right. we need to get fins on you so mm-hmm. you don't like spiral out of con- out of control. So um, I think the the best that is where I I wouldn't say failed, but it took me a minute to put a pump on my brakes because I was excited. Mm-hmm. I got a stable paycheck. I got airmen. I'm ready to go. Right. And I think the enthusiasm is great to have, but I feel that trying to jump in the deep end head first uh, is. I would recommend get a lay for the land. Like, ha- ha- think about what expectations that you have, uh-huh. and then how does it compare to what's already existing? And then what can you do to influence culture change without creating a rift or creating fires along the way? Like, right. I've heard the saying, may the bridges I burn light the way. That is exactly not. That is <laughs> it's not the complete opposite. That is the opposite okay. of what you should do. <laughs> um, I would say get a feel for what what your um, community is like, what your what the culture of your work center is like, mm-hmm. and then staying true to your expectations and stuff, right? Um, how can you influence change and get everyone's buy-in? You know what I mean? Or get the majority buy-in. Because some mm-hmm. people are, I mean, that's just how... Can't please are. everyone. Can't please everybody. People are going to be resistant to it. But first and foremost, bouncing ideas off your NCOs. Hey, you know, notice we do this. You know, have you thought about doing this before? Or... Know, what can we do what do you feel about this and instead of like telling them this is what I want but trying to see if they can come up with ideas to that match your expectations right but it's their own way like inspire them to do it yeah. instead of micromanage them That's about empower them right like hey guys I've noticed that we're slacking off in these areas and it's and it's you know I I'd like to get your buy-in on where you think that's coming from mm-hmm. like this is what I've seen am I wrong Am I wearing, like, am I just wearing the wrong kind of lens on the situation and getting their buy-in? So that's what I feel, um, Cadet Wilson, uh, that's what I feel uh, I wish I would have known before I commissioned and graduated was, you know, it's great to go in with a really strong enthusiasm and be ready to make your impact on the Air Force, but I think the biggest thing that I could advise, you know, you all um, going into your work center is learn the culture and then think about what your expectations are and how you can influence change in a positive manner without micromanaging and um, dictating 
these things. Right. And, and that's not to say there are some situations where it's going to require that, but I feel that as a lieutenant going into it, um, your biggest the biggest thing you should be doing is learning about where you're where you're stationed and learning your airmen especially be a sponge yeah learn be a sponge and i know that's another because i remember cliche. Your, it's <laughs> another cliche thing like be a sponge bloom where you're planning right. but that's <laughs> right. literally like i cannot like it's it's true mm-hmm. like it sounds crazy it's cliche but it's so true like it's because i was a skeptic i was a skeptic too <laughs> like i was like okay bloom where you're planted okay cool story yeah. thanks like it's like no that's that's how you progress you know you're never gonna you're not gonna always get what you want out of mm. the air force and it's not that the air force doesn't care about you it's just that that's just how i mean that's the, how this works that's how this works yeah. the air force needs you to do this and needs you here to do it and you know you literally can make the best or the worst out of a situation some people joke about minot i've never been but like I've heard people that have gone to Minot and like, dude, the hunting out there is awesome. You right. know, I got an awesome Jeep. I went off-roading with it. Mm-hmm. Like, I had a blast. Other people have their own opinions, but, um, you know, it's really what you make of your of your first experience. So keep your head high. Go in with open an open heart and an open mind and be ready to take on, like, all the different things that are going on and think about what you want out of the what you want in your organization and how you can influence that change in a positive way right you know so that's what i would say i hope that long-winded and <laughs> probably cyclical explanation answered Answer your question. question yeah sorry no, I, I, ramble. I, ramble. <laughs> I think that's good though because it keeps us in the uh keeps you in your your second lieutenant first lieutenant years right and, mm-hmm. and we can use that to transition into um, the second segment here, which we have, is, is all about your first duty station, as you can yeah. see there. So, um, off the bat, like, like this says, how do you feel about? How did you feel about moving to your first duty station oh, after the almost a year wait? I to was EAD? salty. Really? I remember because I was like, Sergeant Tingle was uh, was my NCO, and he goes, "My assignments drop. You ready?" And I'm like, "Yeah, where are we going?" Because when I filled out my 53, I was like, "Yoko," because I studied. I did. A, I took a couple Japanese classes here, so I was like. Yokota, Japan, uh-huh. Kadena, Japan. You know, oh, I'll put Lake and Leaf on there. Right. Oh, Spangalam, that sounds fun. Like, all these overseas things. And I'm, like, half expecting, like, all right, like, overseas, here I come. Right. And, you know, blow this popsicle stand and go and do my own thing and experience the world. And uh, <laughs> Sergeant Tingle pulls me in his office and he goes, you ready? I'm like, yeah. And he goes, well, you're going to go to Peace Air Force Base. Like, oh, wow. I was like, sweet. <laughs> I was like, I know that's my tech school. Like, so where do I go after tech school? And there was like an awkward pause. <laughs> and I go, what? Like, I was like, no. Where do I go after oh, tech school? <laughs> and he goes, Keesler. <laughs> so I went to Keesler and I got an apartment and I reported into my first, you know, my, my squadron. Uh-huh. And um, I went like two weeks later. So I got a feel for the, because I was in uh, force management. So that's where they took okay. me for my first like OIC tour, mm-hmm. uh, officer in charge. So I went there and did my thing. And then two weeks later, I went TDY. So we're like training like temporary duty right thing. yeah went tdy legitimately across the street to my tech school schoolhouse wow because you're already, I'm stationed, already in stationed here so while all uh, these folks like so i'm in my my you know the basic officer basic force support officer course and um uh, i was and don't get me wrong like i found i'll get to like the how i fell in love with it right uh-huh. but i remember being in here and being like what the heck? <laughs> like, no, that's not. A, I didn't put that on my fifty-three, right. and it was one of those like, yeah, but 
Air Force we, needs you. We need you right. over it. We, they have. To, we need you over it. Keesler, bye bye. But, oh, man. but it was. But you know, I'll, I'll tell you right now. I loved my assignment at Keesler. Like I had a blast. But getting there, I was like, well, at least I'm active duty and I'm getting an active right. duty paycheck. Like I'm, I'm okay with this. And then, so I, I am processed. I hung out for two weeks learning things, and then went across the street to go to tech school. And you know we do like the round robin, like tell us a little about yourself. Uh, oh, I'm icebreakers. You know, yeah, yeah, I'm Lieutenant Jane Doe from, uh, from you know Hawaii, and uh, uh, you know I'm you know working in the NPF two, blah blah blah. We went around the room, and it was like I sat on towards the end because it was like a horseshoe. Mm-hmm. Like at the end, and it was got to me, and I was like, I'm, yeah, the, my maiden name is Poole, so I was like, I'm Lieutenant Poole. I'm here, and they're like, "What do you mean?" I'm like, "I'm stationed here," and they're like, "Do you get per-? like the first question? Do you get per diem?" I'm like, "No, I don't get. Uh. Per- I'm stationed here. No, I don't." And they're like, "Oh man!" But the funny thing is, is they went like to live in their like, you know, they they rented condos or mm-hmm. they had like the dorms here, right? Um, and I'll be like, "I'm gonna go to my apartment yeah. and like enjoy my my bubble, my mm-hmm. life." But as I went through the course, like I I found. I'm a big nerd at heart, so I found comic book shops. I found that kind of community and stuff mm-hmm. and navigated it. You know, I uh, went to, uh, whatchamacallit, um, went and found a good CrossFit gym and stuff. And, like, I, I feel that I found, like, my niche. So as I kind of grew in Keesler, like, mm-hmm. I, uh, I, I found that the experience itself, like, learning to love it was... Uh, was good was fun like because I had to find I had to to get creative with where am I gonna find what to do around here so um again another long-winded response very (laughs) very very short question but I my initial feelings were I was like salty I was salty I was bitter but like but at the same time when I got there because you think like oh man I really want to go overseas I'm going to miss I don't, it was in Biloxi, so V I L O X I. Like I was like, how do you even pronounce? Is it Biloxi? How do Bilox? Bilo. Biloxi. Like what is this? And uh, I started thinking. I was like, it's called Biloxi, and it's actually not bad. Mm-hmm. Like, and so he he. Uh, it was it was a funny conversation. It was lighthearted, but I was like, oh man, all this Japanese, and I get stationed in. Mm-hmm. I want to get out of the South. Right. Like I've been in the South my whole life, and they put me in. Mid- Good old Miss, good yep. old Mississippi, but um, good. I would say people people have mixed reviews about it, but it's a fun town, and the resilience that exists in that on Keesler itself. Because mm-hmm. you got to think, back in two thousand five, Katrina hit and devastated yeah. the entire Gulf Coast. And if I can, I, I'm not even lying to you. Like you walk outside the main, well, what's now the main gate, which is by railroad tracks, mm-hmm. you can see the Gulf Coast. Like it's right wow. there, so you got to think like the base is on the Gulf Coast. If you look up the on a map, it's right there, and so Katrina came through and devastated the entire like the community, mm. the the city of Gulfport and Biloxi. Like it completely like ruined a lot of the infrastructure that was there. But the resilience that came with it, the people that were there, there were people that I worked with that were in the FSS. That had, when it happened? When it happened. Wow. Like, my, like Mr. Mike Fix, he mm-hmm. was there when it happened and had to help restructure rebuild, everything. Rest- and yeah, and, and to hear those stories and 
to see where Biloxi is now, like it's night and day. Like it's wow. been what twenty two, like it's been decades. Right. Maybe closer to two now that we're in twenty twenty one, and um, it's been uh, it's amazing. Like the resilience, the the heartbeat that is Biloxi is it's fun. It's a bunch of like the it's it's a different southern country a different southern culture but i'll tell you what they know southern hospitality and they don't joke around. oh yeah i'll tell you i miss i miss the crawfish i miss being able to go to uh new orleans so new orleans oh, yeah. was an hour and a half away so my my husband joe and i we would go out and um our favorite thing to do was to go uh during the day mm-hmm. and walk around the french quarter and see the art that folks try and sell eat and the food. eat the food like bourbon street has a reputation in and of itself but right. there's such a beautiful culture of music and of art like in within that that city and it was only an hour hour and a half away from right. where we were stationed so finding those outlets and finding those communities and that heartbeat really kind of helped set the pace for the assignment as a whole you know what i mean and it yeah. takes time to develop it like you gotta do a little bit of research. You have to get out of your comfort zone. You have to, you know, take time out of your day to go drive around on the weekend and find, find your, something. Find things, right? Because yeah. it's not like they have a. There's like a. It's not like you look in the sky and there's a beacon of an arrow pointing <laughs> this is down here, this is like here. a video <laughs> game. Like right. this is your destination. Like it doesn't work like that. Like you have to get out of your comfort zone and go do the things to find them. So it's like you said, just make make the most of of where you're at type thing where you're planted. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah that's that's exactly right yeah and, and you mentioned your husband and, and also just like trying to find those outlets mm-hmm. so you met him at oh yeah so that's awkward so what had happened was i was in tech school and i would occasionally like go back to the squad and just like poke poke my head in and be like i'm still here yeah. i'm alive <laughs> like i exist and they'd be like okay lieutenant cool go do your thing go do the things i'm like okay so i'd go hang out with my NCOs and stuff and see how they're doing and you know hang out with the airmen and mm-hmm. see what they're doing I I really because the class would get out a little early so I'd go back and hang out for an hour in the squadron and kind right. of poke around and um, like I didn't want to like fade off like fade away because I was gonna circle go back, back and come and, back right. so might as well learn what I can so that way when I come back I have some ideas to what's going on right uh-huh. um, so I go I'm walking around and uh, in the Sabbath building, which is this giant rectangular building that's shaped like an H on the inside, uh-huh. uh, walking down the corridor, manpower's in there. Real talk, manpower folk are amazing. Like, they're, they're number one, they're awesome. Like, as math, math geeks, like, super awesome analysts. Uh-huh. Had on Kiesler one of the best snack bars. Like, our manpower folks in the FSS, like, they did not joke. They checked like, they, it out. They had an entire cubicle dedicated with wow. a fridge, a microwave. Like, pro it tip, was. Pro tip if you, if you end up at Kiesler. Yes, Sabbath <laughs> buildings. It's they're they're in the second floor, but you got buddy up with an F, have an FSS, have a personnelist in your back pocket to show you. Because right. we would that would be like where we get sodas. Uh, they had candy, they had granola bars, they had healthy options and stuff too. So I'm going walking down this corridor. I'm like, you know what? I was walking toward um, uh, my my leadership office to kind of hassle the the commander. Say I'm here. Yeah. Like play with like just hang. Like, hope you're doing well, and talk to the secretaries and stuff and see how they're doing. And Joe was walking opposite of me. And I hadn't seen a butter bar outside of myself on uh-huh. base. He was the first. And I was like, oh, that's so cliche. Love at first sight. It wasn't love at first sight. <laughs> it wasn't. No offense. If Joe watches this, I'm sorry. But we, yeah. I did not like you. <laughs> I did. No, no, no. I, he was, he was, he's my husband. Like, I'm all right. 
but he's he's okay. Yeah. But so walking down the hall, and first lieutenant, I freaked out. I was like, oh my, and I legitimately, I'm like super socially awkward. So mm-hmm. like, I saw him like, oh my gosh, another second lieutenant, like out loud in the long, like this corridor echoes. Uh-huh. And he stops and looks at me and he goes, yeah. And I'm like, hi, I'm Allie. Like yeah. my, my nickname, and, hi, I'm Allie. You know, nice to meet you. And we got to talking and um, <laughs> bless his heart. He, uh, I was like, well, uh, I, uh, uh, well, did you know I have a really good snack bar up here? And I, I take, I took him to the, I took him to the manpower snack bar. I, and no, I don't consider that a date. Right. I was like fumbling my words. Like I was just excited to see another, mm-hmm. you know, LT, and um, went ahead and showed him that. And he goes, we got to talking, and he's like, are you permanent party or are you a tech schooler? Because there's a bunch of tech schools at Keesler, mm-hmm. and there's there were there was you know, rules in place like if you're permanent party tech schoolers like you want to try you don't want to interfere with their training and stuff right so i was like oh well i'm you know a tech schooler but i'm here i'm stationed here at keesler i actually work downstairs in the nts and he's like oh you're you know you work in the nts uh, the fss i'm in the comm squadron so um got to talking so we were all in mission support right Mm -hmm. underneath that umbrella and so i was like cool well you know i hope you have a good rest of your class take care of yourself and he went we went our separate ways and i was like oh he was nice and went about my business come back and um, from tech school, like in December, and I have an email from Lieutenant Bodo saying, hey, welcome to Keesler. Here's some information about the CGOC, the Company Grade Officer Council. Um, if you'd like to meet up for a coffee sometime and kind of go through the motions, glad uh-huh. to do so. And, um, you know, it's not, it was nice meeting you. So I was like, cool, like hit him back or whatever. We got to talking. And then um, by, by way of means, I, ha- I got an extra ticket to The Force Awakens. And I was like, hey, man, I've got an extra ticket to The Force Awakens on opening night. Do you want to go? And he was like, uh, explicit escalatory. Yeah. Uh, like, yes, yes, yes. The answer is yes. And then uh, years later, we're married. So, like, that was, like, nice. our first date. Like, we went and saw Star Wars together. And then, um, so, like I mentioned, we're big geeks at heart. So, he's a big Warhammer 40K player. Okay. And I picked on him because it's like those plastic. If there's 40k players in the debt, like they know it's an expensive hobby. It's uh-huh. imagine like Starcraft, but like you buy the models, you paint the models, oh, and then you, you put do it do on like war games wow. with them. And I was like, you spent how much? This is this is dumb. And he goes, let me show you the orc army. And I was like, I like orcs. So that <laughs> sounds fun. And then he wrote me into it, and it was like, got him. Like I can't yeah. pick on him anymore because I enjoy it. With, I enjoy the hobby with them. So. Um, but yeah, that's how we met. So wow. awkwardly met in a corridor, went and saw a Star Wars movie together, and then started dating. And the funny thing was, like, because he would come visit me. So where my office was behind the was behind the MPF. So like, mm-hmm. we had our, our workers and stuff like that, our airmen that did their th- that did the thing, and then he would come behind the back and he'd be like, "Hey, you want to go get lunch?" Like when we were dating, he was right. like, "Yeah." And my NCOs and my airmen started picking up, like, "Man, uh... who's that?" Who's that Lieutenant Bodo? And it's like blush, like, don't look, don't look at me, like, just look at me. And like, uh huh, I see you. I hear the wedding bells. <laughs> like, really, like, it was, it was fun. So, yeah, it, it was, it was a good time. That's awesome. That's yeah, but that's like the yeah. part of why Keesler was so special. You right. know what I mean? Like, you, you build relationships. We were dating at the time, but you build those relationships and, mm-hmm. and uh, your friendships and stuff. So, we'd have people come by and, um, like, a couple other. LTs would come by and drop in and see how I'm doing, and then you know, Aaron would be like, "Oh, so oh, I've heard your name. Like, 
people going to LRS and stuff. Right. So making those connections. Social networking and that kind of like yeah, like people like sh- letting me because a lot of some LTS didn't have airmen underneath them. So like it's lonely. Them, yeah, like they're like, hey, you're in charge of the shop, and it's you and you know a civilian airman that's been working this. Like you're gonna learn from that civilian airman and mm-hmm. the three other folks that have been doing this for a decade or less or, mm-hmm. or more. And that was what their job was like, and that was what my husband did. So he was in um, a, an office where he worked with hand in hand with a bunch of civilian airmen, and the airmen um, that assisted with like tech tickets and stuff, like mm. computers, separate play. So I feel bad, like I keep giving long-winded responses, oh, and I'm like totally fine. The time, so <laughs> no, this is the perfect time. It's the this is the Dead Eight Four Two podcast. I'll take it. Oh, I see another question. Let me see. Oh no. See if I can pull it up as well. Yeah. I can't see. I, I'm not a Mac user, so. Oh, it was Cadet Wilson. She said, Thank you, ma'am. I appreciate your input and personal anecdotes. Oh, yeah. No worries. Um, um, going back to that question that we sure. were going to save, um, we'll do it now. So, what is a normal day like for the average force support officer? Um, and then I want to add a little twist. Does that sure. differ from your lieutenant days to your captain days? Yes. So let's start with um, typical day of an FSS officer. So we have a lot of different branches underneath us. Mm-hmm. Uh, previously we had protocol, but I think since I've been in, they've opened that up to other career fields. Uh-huh. But you've got to think like sustainment, community services, NPF, mortuary. No one FSS officer has had the same path, right? So our days are different. Our part, our our how we go about our business is different, right? Now, what I can tell you, I can give you my perspective and um, a hypothetical, uh-huh. right? So my perspective is when I was an LT, I belonged to, first, I belonged to the MPF, so I helped out in that capacity. And I uh, wake up, put on the uniform, get to work early, always get to work early, like in my opinion. Like showing up on time is good, but like I, te- I like to get there 30 minutes before most folks Everyone show up. Else. I get yeah. my coffee in my system. I open up my email. I make sure there's nothing on fire. And if mm-hmm. there is something on fire, okay, this is how I'm going to tackle it through the day. So I'm not blindsided mm-hmm. and trying to keep up with the chaos that comes later on throughout the day. So um, I feel that a typical day is, as a lieutenant for me, was you know going to meetings and being a fly on the wall, trying to get myself involved in opportunities where I could get some. Um, uh, like sitting in on uh, decision-making process mm-hmm. meetings and stuff like that, and working with my working, shadowing my my NCOs and asking them like I was hungry, like I was like, what can I do? Can you give me something? Right. Like what can I do to help you? What are you struggling with, and what can I learn from this? And sure enough, you know, we were going through uh, static close updates. Like we were, I was in the MPF when that first hit. Like we were responsible for establishing the first promotion board for eligible wow. tech sergeants and like that was that was our big our, our big project mm. is how are we going to roll this out to the base and um, doing like it, it's going to sound crazy but it varies but hand in hand it's really uh, working with your NCOs and trying to find avenues hey well I need this I need this information but I, I don't know who to go to well let me let me work through my network and see if there's mm. anything I can find I know I know a dude over in in uh and LRS that may have some insight, or I'll just ask around and see what I can do to help get that information. Or 
looking in the AFIs is, I know y'all probably do that as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so um, a lot of 36 series, that's us. Right. Like, <laughs> hello, you're welcome. So, so you're 36-2903. Yeah, 36-2903. Uh, like we spit you out all the time. Yeah, so I've got that. I've got 36-3003. Uh, um, I believe that's leave. And then um, that's like the section but like, right. but like uh, I always had like I was terrible at memorizing, so I had like a little sticky note on my computer. It was like three, uh, you know, three thousand three leave. Da da da. This da da da. This. Uh-huh. So I references I would need to, but going in and researching, like I don't. How do you interpret this? Mm-hmm. Like how do you interpret this, man? Because this is how I have it. So doing that, having those conversations, and trying to figure out what's best. Um, but more so, I feel that because I had airmen underneath me, the biggest thing that I wanted to learn is what do I, what, what, where do I fit in on their development? Like, because I understand that, um, you know, your NCOs take care of the, the development, and the, you know, the care and well-being of the airmen. Mm-hmm. You know, you're at a strategic level as the officer, right? But when you're a lieutenant, you want to understand what they're doing, their relationship, right. not even what they're doing, but the relationship between the NCO and the airmen. Okay. So kind of taking a step back and kind of getting that perspective and asking questions to the NCO, like, hey, could you talk to me about, you know, what does it mean to be an NCO? Right. Like, what is that? Because you'll learn as you go through your career. Like, they go to, like, ALS, and they go to a lot of these professional development opportunities. Mm-hmm. So getting that insight. So what do you, what does taking care of an airman mean to you? Right. Like, and, you know, what, what can I do to take care of you to take care of the airman? You know, right. what's the trickle-down effect? Mm-hmm. I do to take care of this organization so that way you can do your job and take care of the airmen or where can I fit step in to help with that right you know I mean? so typical days is different uh, for me it was learning as much as I can without stepping on any toes and being very receptive to feedback right okay. um, like you mentioned getting sat down and talked to yeah. Like, yeah but there people aren't gonna people aren't going to just be like uh, well I take that back because um Chief Moody was like, ah, no, like, you're <laughs> under my, right. like, under my wing now. I was like, okay, like, this, uh, this is great. But not all folks are going to be like that. So you have to f- actively search for people that you can confide in. Okay. And that's the thing. Who can I confide in to give me good information? Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that, you know, fo- there are folks out there that have bad information, right? But what I'm saying is, what, what, how can I build a relationship with someone to have that candid feedback on, you know, you know, ranks off like, right ma'am like let's talk about that decision and let's think about the repercussions right. that could happen because of it roger that like that heard. makes sense right. yeah heard and not noted in the sarcastic sense it's like right. heard that noted literally writing writing right. i am noting this like in this yeah. conversation so that way we can proceed but um but really taking the time to uh learn it because the mpf is such a a, a fun and wild animal like there, all the different regulations, all the different AFIs that fall uh-huh. underneath that bucket, on top of the influence that you have on the base level. You know what I mean? Because you're, you're. We had a fourteen thousand dollar, a fourteen thousand dollar, fourteen thousand uh, population, like customer population. Uh-huh. Thinking retirees, you're thinking folks on the base, you're thinking about the guardsmen, the reserve, the reservists that were there. It's a lot of people. A lot of people that we service. So we had a really big impact on a lot of different lives and a mm-hmm. lot of different walks of life. So how we conduct business. Um, thinking at that strategic level, so what can I t- do to take care of my airmen so they can take care of the customer? If I've got an airman that's going through a divorce, or if I've got an airman that's going through a break, a bad breakup with their boyfriend or girlfriend, like, 
their attitude is going to, if they don't leave that at the door or if they don't have that outlet to talk to someone, like, and I'm not saying you as the officer are that outlet, right. but if, you're, if the culture that you've established doesn't allow for, for that or they don't have the resources that they need to go seek help, that attitude and that bitterness is going to bleed it's gonna over. It's going to affect their work. It's going to affect how they interact with customers and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So thinking strategically right. about the influence that your organization has mm-hmm. and then at your level, you know, what, what can I do to provide resources to take care of my airmen? What can I do to take care of my airmen? And working with your NCOs to navigate that. I'll tell you straight up, I, I remember when I was a butter bar, one of the first experiences that I had uh, in my calendar because I, I didn't have a meeting is I walked up to Airman Ball and I was like, hey, uh, can you show me what you do? And she looked at me and I looked at her and she goes, yeah, I'm just updating <laughs> things in Mill PDS. Uh-huh. I'm like, cool, so what does that mean? Like, I don't understand what Mill PDS is. What is that? Right. And she took the time and she was like, you know, you're one of the first O's that have sat down and really talked really talked yeah. to me, like showed interest in what right. I do because it's monot- you know, it can get very monotonous. Go in, update these codes, update this information. You know, you don't really feel, because I've been there, like you don't feel what you're doing is impactful. But right. when someone comes in out of nowhere, it's like, wow, that's really cool. Like, what do you mean? Like, that's, like, you mean that's going to help them, you know, that, that duty that you're, you're changing this to make them more, like you're putting an EPR back in their records, you're uh-huh. putting an OPR back in their records. Like, that's impactful. Like, they're going right. to be bored one day, you know? So kind of taking the time to get to know your folks, like, for me, that was a very average thing that I would do. And average in the sense of more often I would do that versus being at the table saying, and this shall be the decision. Like do this, do this, do this type yeah, of thing, yeah. Yeah, that comes later when you're at, when you're like a captain and stuff like that. Or right, even a senior but person. being like genuine yeah. with them. Oh, not doing it be, to say that you're doing it. Like, yeah, I'm getting in with people, like I'm asking them the oh. typical questions, like oh, yeah. small talk, but like actually getting involved. and. You want it, You have to feel that you. You, you have to feel care. You right. have. You have to be. You have to want to learn. Mm. Because if, because people are gonna see through it, right? If I came in here and I was like, cool, we're doing an interview. What do you got? You know what I mean? Like it's not gonna. Like I the the connections that you build and the conversations and your tone and mm-hmm. how you interact with people, like that goes a very long way. Like and, and mind you, there are some folks that are more stoic, which is fine. Like, right. And and that's their leadership style. Each of us have a different leadership style. But um, that's, and that's fine. And, but taking the time, like, hey, you know, what do you, could you show me what you do mm-hmm. and how we can go about this? So, um, and what, what resources don't you have? Like, what right. do you, what, why what do you is need your, help with? What, why is your, so why is this difficult for you? Uh-huh. And asking those questions, those probing questions on why is this difficult? Because you'll hear, you'll, they'll be like, man, this sucks. Like, why is that? Like, what makes it difficult for you right. and stuff? And they'll be like, well, you know, if this could be automated or something that would make my life a lot easier it's like cool like let's see what we could do to try and get that fixed mm-hmm. you know but yeah that's another long way <laughs> sorry <laughs> no I'm problem like, man no problem i don't know how to work at max so let me look at my <laughs> i feel bad because we're already is it already almost been an hour it has it's oh been 55 minutes oh my no oh no okay time sorry. flies when you're having fun yeah no but that, that's that's all really good stuff and i think that that covers most of the the like real life military stuff that we wanted to talk about but we do have a section that you can see they're highlighted yeah um the we'll rapid fire like some personal stuff right oh man you mentioned comic books yes. uh warhammer with your husband yes star wars yes right so what's your favorite star wars movie oh why would you do that i <laughs> honestly i feel that 
we watched a, a New Hope the other okay. night. Like, and I, it, there's just something nostalgic about seeing the roots and going back to the beginning of the franchise. Right. And I, I have to say, New Hope kind of itches that scratch for me. Right. Now, obviously, with the Mandalorian and stuff like that, like, like I, I mean, I very much enjoyed that series mm-hmm. and whatnot. So, but if movie wise, right. I feel that. Um, a New Hope really, really did it for me. But then, content-wise, Mandalorian. Yeah, I think, con- I think content-wise, uh, content, uh, content-wise, like uh, I love the story of mm-hmm. the Mandalorian. Yeah, I think. And, and I feel that you know they kind of bringing Ahsoka online and opening right. up a whole other avenue to, you know, alluding to Thrawn and uh-huh. stuff like that. Like a whole other, there's a lot more brewing that right. I'm very. It excites me. I mean, we've seen it in Rebels, we've seen it in Clone Wars, right. and stuff like that. So it excites me to see that there's more to come. Like they're constantly developing right. new content that not only does it balance um, pleasing the uh, the the old folks, like not, I don't mean old like age wise. Right. I don't mean old age wise, <laughs> but like the the old time folks, like the people that really are like true to the original mm-hmm. three. Um, and books and the the true lore like there's an RPG like yeah and then but also like bringing in the new new generation and yeah bringing in the new generation right I think that I'm very excited to see where it goes yeah will it be good who knows like they did well well, in my opinion they did well by the Mandalorian but you know I I know the season finale like my my husband and I were like (gasps) wow (laughs) like we were screaming in the house our dogs were like nope and like left they're like nerds (laughs) Geeks. On yeah. on that note, so we got favorite movie, favorite content for like the Star Wars. Um, mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite like game, board game, video game? Oh that kind of stuff? man! So video game, I know it's gotten a lot of flack. I've really enjoyed Cyberpunk. So Cyberpunk oh. twenty seventy seven. I very much enjoyed that. But if I go to like an old time game, I grew up playing like Baldur's Gate. So Baldur's Gate three, which is coming out, um, is something I'm very excited for. But on that note with Baldur's Gate, so uh, I'm a huge fan of D&D. Like, I absolutely awesome. love Dungeons & Dragons. Like, I've been playing, I've been reading the books. Like, my dad my dad would print out the monster manual in mm-hmm. black and white, and I would color them in with crayons. Like, wow. Like it goes I, back to the roots. Yeah, yeah. Like, so it's, it's really cool. And I've got a really good D&D group here in San Antonio. Like, every Sunday, that's our thing. Like, yeah. Regardless of, like, my school and PhD stuff, like... That's, that's your thing. That is Sunday wow. is dedicated to Dungeons and Dragons. Wow. We had something like that too. Um, our freshman and sophomore year, am I correct? Yeah, we had. Uh, I, is it still going? Um, we, we have all the books and everything to set everything up. I'm just waiting for the players to come back to uh, resume our campaign. Right, yes. right, right, right. Yeah, we had one started, and then um, we had a lot of people in there for for a minute, and then I guess we all just got busy, POC jobs, and yeah. all that school life, that kind of stuff. So hopefully, we can get that back online. Yeah, that's I love pretty it, cool. Man. Right, it's my my jam. Yeah. Those are gnome wizard oh, Nate nice. Meeks. That's my. She's a diplomat, so she's like a linguist, but she she throws spells like her mother. She's nice. she's my nerd. Like I get it. Yeah, I wanted to really hit that section because I know you're super passionate about that. Oh yeah. You mentioned like, the tattoos, I think. Oh right? god, like, yeah. Sleeve of. It's it's yeah. <laughs> it's it's a bad bad hobby. Like, but it's yeah. It's been, I've got Pokemon. I've got it's bad. Right. Like, I love them. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I don't regret my tattoos at all. Right. What signaling? Sorry. No, you're took it. Um. But I think uh, for, you know, if, if you don't mind, I'd like to just take a second to thank yeah. you. Like, this has been an awesome opportunity, and I know I kind of was long-winded on a lot of no questions. No problem with I don't that, know man. if we have any other questions in the crowd. I don't think yeah. so. 
that um, I wasn't able to get to. Nothing that I see. And if we do, um, I can go ahead and follow up with you. Yeah, we can maybe sure. bring you back on type of thing or um, in our next podcast mention the answers that you had for, for, sure. for those questions. Um, um, I would say that expect the unexpected. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as you go through your careers and as you become lieutenants and stuff like that and captains and whatever you choose to do, um, expect the unexpected. And the whole, as the saying goes, you know, bloom where you're planted. I didn't expect myself to be here going back to school to right. get a PhD like sev- seven, seven years ago. I can't do math. Math is hard. Math, right. math majors. And something math is hard. Something, something about um, it. <laughs> fingers. Um, but my biggest piece of advice to you and to those listening in, um, be transparent and empower people. Be transparent with your expectations and your goals mm-hmm. and you know, encourage people to do the same so that way it's, you know, synchronistic. Like, right. let me help you get what you need and then, you know, you hope that in return, you know, they're going to help you get Right, they have your back. I wouldn't be here if it, and, I, and I'll say it again, I wouldn't be here had it not been for folks like Jen Suarez, Tia Robles, Matt Smith. I look at folks like, um, you know, Heather Moody, mm-hmm. uh, Krista Knauss, all my NCOs and everybody. You know, I look at my gig as a section commander, Colonel Wilson, all the commanders that were there that really supported and took care of me, mm-hmm. and you know Colonel Treyweek and stuff, and had that support and that you know they saw I was transparent with them on what they what I was hoping to do in my life, right? And worked hard for them and cared about the organization that they represented and that they ran, and in return, you know you get they took care of me at that level, and my airmen took care of me by kicking butt at their jobs right. because you know. That you take ownership for the things that we fail on, but but doing that in doing so, you learn you, you fail forward and you learn mm-hmm. as a team and you find ways to make things better, right? So transparency right. and empowerment, man. My biggest piece of advice for you awesome. and, and the other roadrunners out there, like and have fun. Don't don't take Enjoy your, it. don't yeah don't take yourself too seriously when you don't have to. Mm-hmm. Like there's discipline, there's time and place for discipline, right? Like being right stoic and lock on. Awesome. Well, thank you for that. I know you you were thanking us, but thank you for coming on and coming back and sharing some of your experiences, the personal life, and you know the big military hoorah stuff that we we like to talk about. (laughs) Yeah, it's good. Hang in there. (laughs) Right. Well, thank you for coming on. Yes, sir. Um, To our listeners and watchers, thank you for for coming on to another week. Um, We'll have another podcast next week, I think. Um, So even with spring break, uh, you can look forward to that. We've got more um, guests, like we mentioned, coming on um, every week. So look forward to that. Oh, here's a pro tip, DDSS. Don't do stupid stuff. Don't get arrested and don't do dumb things. Yeah, like, especially over the break, don't. especially over spring break. DDSS, don't right. do stupid stuff. <laughs> My airmen say DDSS, but there's an explicit aspiratory at the end of it, but we'll just say stuff. <laughs> well, thank you for that. Yes, sir. Thank you guys for coming in, and uh, we'll see you next week.